If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. And today, we are going to be talking about your nonprofit's vital documents and having a retention process to ensure they are transferred during leadership transitions. So the bonus break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a tea break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit stronger. The bonus break is also my way of being able to share some of what I have learned in my own nonprofit journey. I am a consultant, coach, and confidant for leaders at small and large organizations across the country. I bring three decades of leadership and consulting experience, building, growing, leading, and yes, repairing organizations. And friend, I realized over the summer that I needed to do this bonus break. I was on sabbatical, I pulled up the Washington Post, and I read about Aretha Franklin. And when I first saw the headline that included Aretha Franklin, I thought to myself, gosh, I I thought she died a while ago, so it's clearly not her obituary. And it turns out that she had died in 2018, but that there has been a five-year fight over her estate. And the reason is because she left multiple wills. And so literally, her heirs took this disagreement to the courts, and it took five years. So it was not until this summer that a judge finally recognized a will that was written in a notebook, stuffed into one of her couch cushions as her final and last will and testament. Let me just repeat that. There were multiple copies of the will, and the one that was recognized was in a notebook, stuffed into couch cushions. So this really made me think about our own nonprofits and maybe the ways in which we don't do a really good job of holding on to our vital documents and ensuring they get transferred during those critical leadership transitions. Can you, for example, Imagine your organization being paralyzed for five years, waiting for a judge to decide which bylaws were the correct version. 
Now, you might think to yourself, oh, that would never happen. Well, if you ended up having two camps of board members who were fighting over the right version of the bylaws, it potentially could happen. And depending how different those two sets of bylaws were, it might even prevent you as an organization from even being able to take any action. And so imagine not being able to appoint new board members, not being able to approve an annual budget, or even replace an executive director who retires. That could be cataclysmic for your organization. And that is why we are going to be talking about a document retention process today not the policy that states how long you have to keep documents, but the procedures for ensuring that you are actually retaining and transferring these documents when your leadership changes. In today's episode, I am going to share with you a short list of the documents that you should be able to put your hands on in five minutes or less. And when I say short list, it's six types of documents. It's not 50 types of documents. I am also going to share with you a few best practices for redundancy and document retention. So get ready. Here is the short list of documents that you should be able to find quickly and easily. Your IRS Form 1023. And as you may know, the IRS Form 1023 is what you fill out and send to the IRS to get your 501c status. Your Articles of Incorporation, which you normally create and submit to your state, often I think your state secretary of state, when you incorporate as a corporation. Your bylaws, and of course, all of the amended revisions to your bylaws. Your board minutes and corporate resolutions is the next one. The second to last are audit and tax filings. And the final one are your deeds and your mortgages. The reason it's important that you keep these six types of documents is that when you need them, it is almost always for a legal reason. A government agency has asked for them so that they can approve you maybe for having a sales tax exemption or a property tax exemption. You also need these documents when there's a disagreement. Maybe, for example, you think that you paid off your facility's mortgage five years ago, but your bank got bought and the new bank, really the new owners of your bank, come to you and say, hey, we don't have any record that that mortgage is paid off. Can you prove it? So the times when you want these are really critical junctures. And you don't want to be hemming and hawing. You don't want to be saying, oh, let me look for that. I'll get that back to you in the next week or two weeks. You want to be able to just immediately send that document and it puts everything else to bed. As both a permanent executive director or an interim executive director, I have seen organizations in specific situations where they wish they had done a better job of tracking each of these types of documents and knowing exactly where they were. Frankly, it would have saved weeks, and in one particular case, almost half a year of pain and suffering. And in that case, it actually was half a year of going back and forth with the IRS. And that was a painful process for that organization. The next piece that I promised you is that I would share some best practices for redundancy in your document retention process. I know that we often don't think of redundancy as a good thing. 
right? We often think, oh, redundancy means too many people are doing it, or we have too much of this. But when it comes to your vital documents, redundancy is critically important. It ensures that if one link of the chain does not work, there's another link that is backing it up. The first redundancy is I want to make sure that there are three positions that are assigned to maintain both paper and digital copies of those six types of documents. And you might want those three positions, as an example, maybe to be your board chair, your secretary, and your chief executive. In the ideal world, these are not positions that end at the same time. You want there to be some overlap. That gives you even more benefit from the redundancy. Additionally, you definitely want a process for transferring both those paper and electronic documents when a person transitions. And so, for example, there needs to be a formal process where an outgoing board chair really turns these documents, both paper and digital, over to the incoming board chair and certifies that with someone else. That could be a secretary who's remaining or the chief executive who's remaining, but definitely someone else who is responsible for ensuring that that has occurred. And so often when I see a document retention process break down, this is when it does. It breaks down when someone leaves a position. Maybe they're leaving the position in a little bit of a rush. And when that happens, sometimes they don't transfer all of the documents that they should. So it's also a really good idea to have a checklist of what documents each of these positions have to ensure that they get turned over to the next person in that position. And then the last best practice. It is, it is very important to clearly mark the filing or approval date of all documents. It needs to be crystal clear when a document was amended and specifically when it was approved. And if that approval requires, as an example, a board vote, also make sure that you can put your hands on the approved minutes that note that that document was approved by the board. As I mentioned earlier, I have personally seen organizations that have not been able to produce a copy of one of these types of submitted documents. And frankly, it has threatened one organization's nonprofit status, it resulted in financial claims against another organization, and it created significant dissension and disagreement among leaders in a third organization. So I want you to take action as a result of today's bonus break. The first thing is I want you to do a drill, and I want you to do it today. See if you can find your most recent IRS Form 1023, Articles of Incorporation, bylaws and all amended bylaws, board minutes and corporate resolutions, audits and tax filings, and deeds and mortgages. And I know you might be thinking to yourself, oh yeah, we've got them on our network. I don't need to look for them. Really, this is a drill. Pretend that you needed to find these and you need to find them today. See if you can find them quickly and easily in five or ten minutes or less. I also want you to put this on the agenda for the next time that you're talking with your board chair or your executive director, just to make sure that you are creating a process that will retain these documents and ensure that they are transferred. And one final thought, as I've already mentioned, 
the process that I've described does not replace a full document retention and destruction policy. Make sure that you have a strong document retention and destruction policy in place. And then on the back end, have these processes so that you know your nonprofit's vital documents will be there when you need them. Well, friend, we are coming to the end of this bonus break. If you have found this useful, I ask that you please open up your app and rate and review the podcast. And also know we're going to be listing those six types of documents in our show notes at SuccessfulNonprofits.com. So you can always go there to get the list of those six documents. That is our bonus break for this week. I hope you have gained some insight to help you and your nonprofit thrive. And I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the consulting practice provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please, for all that you hold dear, if that is the type of advice you need, find a licensed, qualified professional and get the counsel you need.